0: Hi, it's Jim Lavoulis, producer of A New York Minute in History. On this Halloween episode, we explore a murder in the state's capital of Albany. In May 1827, a member of the city's elite was killed in his family's mansion at Cherry Hill. The murder of John Whipple resulted in two sensational trials steeped in the issues of their time and the last public hanging in Albany. Historic Cherry Hill continues to mark the anniversary as WAMC's Jesse King found out.
1: Education coordinator Shauna Riley and Historic Cherry Hill hosted annual murder tours at the scene of the crime. So
2: this is the murder room. It's also the nursery. It's where the children's bedroom was in later years. So that shows you how much the family thought
1: the house was haunted. Riley says the murder of John Whipple is layered in Albany history. In 1827, the Erie Canal was two years old, and just as the capital was overflowing with new ideas and people, Cherry Hill was bursting with Van Rensselaers and extended family. Elsie Whipple was one of those relatives, boarding with her estranged husband John on the building's second floor. And while the night of the crime centers on the mansion, Riley says the murder really starts at a bar. She was uh, flirting with the
2: owner. And Jesse took notice of her. He had um, come from Putnam County. He had abandoned his wife and children. And he got stuck here because his luggage was accidentally sent south. So while he's waiting and hanging out, he goes to Bates Tavern, he sees Elsie, and he decides to get a job as a farmhand at Cherry Hill.
1: Riley says Jesse Strang and Elsie fell in love and quickly decided to get rid of John. Strang would later claim Elsie repeatedly asked him to shoot her husband. And on the night of May 7th, as John Whipple sat by his bedroom window discussing the estate with Abraham Van Rensselaer, Strang climbed onto a nearby shed and took the fatal shot. Riley says Historic Cherry Hill has reenacted that shot every October for the past seven years.
2: He shoots John just on his back near his left shoulder. He jumps up and yells, Oh, Lord, and then he stumbles into the hallway and collapses at the top of the stairs. Abraham immediately jumps up and is going to go outside, but the family doesn't want him to. They're afraid. So eventually they do go run into town and they fetch the coroner. And they have the coroner's inquest where all the able-bodied men of the house sit around John Whipple's body and try
1: and figure out what happened. A guilt-ridden Strang struggled to participate in the inquest and was arrested two days later, with Elsie soon to follow. With 22 people crammed into Cherry Hill, Riley says the pair's affair was hardly a secret, and the evidence piled up. Elsie had Strang practice shooting through glass before the deed and gave him socks to more quietly walk along the roof of the shed. In the weeks before the murder, the couple floated talk of dangerous canal people stalking the property to provide cover. And when the abolition of slavery finally came to New York that July, the family's last slave and cook, Dinah Jackson, was able to testify at Strang's trial. Jesse had asked her if she would poison John Whipple because that was their first plan to poison him. And she said she wouldn't do it. And then he kind of pretended that he didn't. It was a joke. Elsie and Strang had made a pact to stick together, but when Strang confessed to the crime in an attempt to earn a lighter sentence, Riley says Elsie let him take the fall. She admitted their affair, but denied any connection to the killing and got off scot-free. Strang wasn't as lucky. He got the death penalty. Riley says it's important to remember Elsie was an upper-class woman, with support from the likes of Solomon Van Rensselaer, a politician in general in the War of 1812. He goes and he makes a speech to the judge in court at Elsie's trial and
2: says, you can't possibly think that this woman was the mastermind of all of this. There's definitely tones of, you know, she's just a woman, and clearly
1: she couldn't have manipulated this criminal. I would say that's probably why she was acquitted. The number of women at Strang's hanging appalled officials, as did the size of the crowd overall, which Riley says ranged from 10,000 to 40,000 people gathered near the future site of the Empire State Plaza. Strang's parents sold written copies of their son's confession to cover their legal fees. And the overall distaste of the event contributed to it being the last public execution in Albany. Disgraced, Elsie moved to New York City, but Riley says Dinah Jackson stayed at Cherry Hill.
2: After she's freed, people want to know why wouldn't she have left. She was, we think, an unmarried woman. She was in her 50s. She might not have had a lot of other options.
1: The murder of John Whipple is but a slice of Cherry Hill's story. Five generations of Van Rensselaers lived within its walls from 1787 to 1964. The historic Cherry Hill Foundation maintains some 700,000 of the family's belongings, one of the largest collections in the U.S., and is nearing completion on a 10-year restoration to the home's structural integrity. But this time of year, Riley says the Whipple murder is a popular draw, and Strang's story gives the museum a detailed window into 19th century life.
2: From Jesse's confession, we know where everyone in the house was living. We know their daily routines, and we wouldn't know that about this time period without that. Most people didn't write diaries that were that detailed. You know, they wrote that they polished the candlesticks or something, but we don't have the daily occurrences.
1: As it exits the spooky season, historic Cherry Hill plans to resume its behind-the-scenes restoration tours soon. The museum expects to finish construction and start refurnishing the home in 2020.
0: That was WAMC's Jesse King reporting from Albany, and I'm Jim Lavoulis. A New York Minute in History is a production of the New York State Museum, WAMC Northeast Public Radio, and Archivist Media. Support for the project comes from the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. The program is also funded in part by Humanities New York, with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities, Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent those of the National Endowment for the Humanities. That does it for this episode. Head over to WAMCpodcast.org for more, if you dare.